Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz, and I decided that as I wrap up season three, I thought it would be fun to share the journeys of some of the members of Master Shopkeepers, and what better way to do that than to interview the shopkeepers directly. So today, I have Taylor of the Turquoise Top Hat. She's out of Stevensville, Michigan, and I'm really excited. We just spent the past 15 minutes trying to work all of the details out <laughs> to record this episode. Um, so I just want to say welcome to Taylor. Taylor, thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. So I'd love to start these episodes just with the shopkeepers telling me a little bit about um, their businesses and about your journey. So tell me, how did you start on this path to owning your own brick and mortar store? Sure. So I think Bob Ross put it best when he said it was a happy accident. That's how I would describe this. Uh, my previous career was as a teacher. I used to be a first grade teacher and we know teaching is a stressful job. So I would make things, I would paint furniture and paint wood signs. And that was kind of my release from the stress of teaching and I got to the point where I was having people ask me to teach them how to paint or make things. And it kind of grew into me offering home parties for my friends for making wood signs. Then it grew into offering classes at local wineries and breweries. And then we kind of got to the point where we were doing so many different things that it really made sense for us to have our own workshop. My mom was helping me at the time. Um, so in 2017, I had officially quit teaching and we had found a little space available in Stevensville for lease that just kind of worked out perfectly for our class setting. And we signed the lease and here we are three years later with a workshop and now we've added a retail space up front too. So it's been great. I love that you started that off with Bob Ross. I had <laughs> well, <to>. <laughs> You have to bring the creativity in. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, so do you have a business partner? Is your mom, was she a business partner or was she just supportive mom? I want to help you. I, I want to encourage you and get this business going. Yeah, on paper, it's just me. But I mean, it's never just you, even if you're a solopreneur. My husband does so much um, helping to get the wood and cut the wood. Uh, my mom really has helped right from the beginning when we were only doing the winery classes or we would do a lot of vintage markets and she would really help a lot with that. Um, and she still does come and help um, with the classes here and there, but we've grown now. We have a team of five that we employ here at the workshop that help with all of the events. So on paper, it's just me, but a big team behind the scenes. Yeah, for sure. You make a good point because I often think what what would most of us do without our family members or supportive friends or the people that help us because even though sometimes it feels like we do this by ourselves we're really not doing it completely by ourselves there's usually help involved so do you miss teaching there are certain aspects of teaching that i miss um, i miss the kids and i miss my colleagues and just kind of the atmosphere of being at school, but I don't miss the stress and the grading and all of that fun stuff. I feel like the way that we have our classes structured, I'm still teaching. 
and that that education degree really helped prepare me for, you know, offering classes that have a good structure and knowing how to demonstrate things for people. So it's kind of a yes and no. I miss all of my people from school, but I'm still teaching. Yeah, it's uh, almost the best of both worlds where you still get to teach. And I see you in Master Shopkeepers, you'll, you'll sometimes make reference to your teaching history or how you can write and create an amazing lesson plan. And that's really important because for the brick and mortar store owners who want to get into teaching workshops, I often want to tell them, just be prepared, have a lesson, start to write things down, you know, do the steps that would require instead of just jumping in. Because when you just jump in without a plan, uh, that can become um, really challenging. And then you have to go back and correct all of the things. That, and we learn as we go along. But I always think about that, how you probably had that nailed when the rest of us are still sometimes figuring it out. So how big is your retail space? So our whole space altogether is about 1,800 square feet. Um, our workshop in the back is roughly about a third of that. So we can fit usually up to about 20 to 25 people in for a class. And then we have the smaller portion up front, which would be um, about another third of it. We do have some office space in the back. But our retail space is actually the smallest space that we have in the store. And that kind of just grew out of a necessity of we're making so many different things in our classes. We have all these sample pieces just hanging around. So we really needed somewhere to showcase those. And we kept finding and running into amazing vendors along the way and just kind of started bringing things in. So now when people are here painting, we do take breaks. So they can kind of peruse and shop around and look for special things while they're waiting for paint to dry. And did you find that people were asking to be able to buy supplies or be able to buy gifts or other things in the store? Is that why you created the retail area in there? Yeah, I mean, we always have, people are asking if anything and everything that we have is for sale. <laughs> all of our samples, but it is nice um, that we have the paint that we use for sale in the shop. So they're trying it out while they're making their signs. And then, you know, if they have a chair at home that they want to go and paint, they can purchase all of those same supplies that they've just used and then take that home. And then we have always had people asking for things to kind of coordinate with what they're giving. So if they're making a wedding sign for someone, they might need a card to go with that. Or if it's a baby shower gift, you know, they might want some funny kind of mom reference. You know, we have decals and stickers and all kinds of different things. So it really does kind of marry each other well between the retail and the signs. Yeah, I love that it organically came about and that you were able to fill the need and that it still fits the with the rest of the business model. And it's adorable too. So for the people that are listening, uh, Taylor gave me a video tour of the space. And of course, with the name, the turquoise top hat, there's turquoise everywhere. It's an adorable um, space, the creative spaces. I feel like when I see them, they make me want to create. So that's fun. And we'll be sure to link Taylor's website and social media and all of that. If you want to connect with her, if you want to follow her, if you want to see what her website looks like, because it is so branded too. So 
it's probably nice to have an additional source of revenue too, especially now with COVID-19 and us experiencing that and closures like your business relies on people and people coming in to be creative. So I imagine that even before COVID hit that the gift shop area was just a nice additional source of revenue. Do you know what percent of revenue out of your entire business that the gift shop generates? Just a percent like versus the rest of this, the workshop spaces? When we first started, it was really low. It was about 90% from the workshop and then 10% kind of just sales here and there. Really over the last year, it's grown to be about 50-50, which oh. is nice. I know it's amazing. I did yeah. not know that. See, this yeah. is why I love these interviews. That's fantastic. Yes, we just ran, I mean, we had to submit taxes recently. So we just ran the numbers and it within the last year has grown to be about 50-50, which is great because signs and classes and gatherings are really popular in the fall. And then kind of as we slide into winter, it kind of tapers off a little bit. So having something, especially with the web presence that's always there, they can always go and order online has been a godsend, especially this spring with COVID. It's been very helpful. That's fantastic. The other thing too is like I know personally in our own store, it's nice because there are always the people who don't want to DIY that just want to buy something that's made. So in our store, we sell paint for furniture and they can come in and buy that and do it themselves. But we have plenty of customers who say, just here, do it for me. I want it done or I'm not creative enough or I'm not, I, or I don't have the time um, and I just want to hand it off. And that's okay. We serve both types of customers. So I love that you do that too. And I love that the retail area has grown into what it's grown into. So what is your favorite part of shopkeeping? That's a tough one. I still, I'm, I'll always be a maker at heart. I'll still, no matter what role I continue to have in the business, I'm always a maker. Over the past year, I would say though, purchasing has really been fun for me, trying to find new vendors. We have kind of carved ourselves into this strange little niche here in our area where we offer the kind of funny, sassy, edgy things that maybe you can't get at some of the local like touristy shops that are in the area. So kind of sticking with that and also having fun with our customers that are really loving that we're getting those kind of sassy things in. It's been really fun for me to continue to try and find fun vendors to work with that offer those products because we like to, we like to be different. We like to stand out. Yeah, and that can be, I know, I know a lot of retail business owners are afraid to get into that, but I feel like for the retail business owners who do, I feel like it really becomes a strong part of their brand. And once you find your following, it, they're going to be loyal and they're going to appreciate it and they're going to love it. And of course, some people aren't going to appreciate it. I get it. But once you find your tribe, you're golden. It's good. And obviously that shows in your numbers too. That's great. So what do you dislike about shopkeeping? I can guess this one. <laughs> I said anything that involves numbers, would that be surprising to you? Any... So bookkeeping, analyzing, oh. all of that. All right. So let's go into 
you know, the other thing too, is I want to try to keep these episodes um, around the same length because I know we're all so busy. So let's go into, um, you've been a, a member of Master Shopkeepers for, I think this whole year, or at least, mm -hmm. yeah, since the beginning of the year. So I'm curious what made you join or what, you know, what inspired you to join Master Shopkeepers? Well, I was a part of the regular Savvy Shopkeepers face group beforehand, and it was really helpful to have a sounding board for people who were kind of in the same position as me. You know, we didn't go to school for business, and we kind of happened into this retail area, and we don't want to go back to school for business. So to try and find the best resources that we can, um, I was just feeling like something was missing. I was getting a lot of great info from the Savvy Shopkeeper group, but I really needed to dig in deeper into the numbers, even though they're scary. So when I joined Master Shopkeepers, I felt like I was in a community of people that were in the same exact spot as me. People who want to dive deeper, we want to understand, we're doing the best that we can. And the way that you present the information, even though there are courses, we can take them at our own pace. It's just little nuggets here and there. And you know, you might need one specific piece of information. You don't need a whole accounting course. You just need one little piece. You can easily go and find that in the learning lab and all of those different resources. So that's what I'm loving the most is just when you need the information, it's there for you. Yeah, that's great. I also, what I personally love is I can gather from all of you or just in conversations that we have because we have the monthly group calls and not everyone participates every time and not everyone watches every single lesson, but I like the, the conversations because the conversations usually indicate to me that there's a need and then we try to fill that need or we try to bring in an expert to cover that class or I teach the class or I create a lesson for it. And that's really important to me because I agree that, you know, most of us and many retail business owners in our community overall never had any formal business training or education. And at the same time, we need to kind of start at the basics and it's important that I teach at that. Kind. I mean, you know, of all people teaching that I have to teach at that level, like the real basics and then grow from there. And I think that's what we've done in master shopkeepers. I hope what are some of the biggest, or if there's one big lesson or several big lessons, like what has been the most helpful to you other than what you already said, what's been the most helpful to you for master shopkeepers? I have taken away so far just the whole idea of even if it's scary, you can't put it off forever. You have to start somewhere. So there was, you know, within the last couple months, I think it was before COVID hit, you were really encouraging us to get into those numbers. You have to go in, you have to keep on top of things. And so I did, I sat down one day and I actually migrated everything from QuickBooks over to a different platform, which was big in and of itself, but I, I did it and I got over the fear and just kind of put that aside and did the best that I can. And I'm really proud of myself because it's really informed me for making purchasing decisions and knowing where we need to delegate more money or where we need to stop spending more money in some certain areas. So I think just kind of understanding where you are and using that as a starting point. And 
and using the guidance from others in the group and the guidance from you to kind of get past that fear and start moving forward. I love that. I love that because there, I mean, we all have fears. We're all afraid of things, but I think that's, those are some of the biggest transformations I've seen in the group or the people conquering their fears, whether it's Facebook live, because especially now that's so important, we have to get in front of our customers. You know, some of them are afraid to come out, whether it's conquering the financials, whatever it is. Like I love seeing when the members kind of, I, I can see them taking it all in and then they reach the peak and they're like, all right, I'm going to go for it. I feel confident enough. I'm going to do this. I have the support I need. I have the lessons. I can watch these classes and I can do this. And you know, you aren't going to be left hanging. Like we will be there for you. Like someone in the group the other day said, you know, I'm struggling or I have this issue. And I posted and said, listen, like somebody needs help here. We all have to step up. And the amount of comments and suggestions for this particular shopkeeper to help her business keep going was amazing and heartwarming. So I love to see that. Um, what do you see for the future for the turquoise top hat? A lot, a lot. Oh, I am so exciting. It's very exciting because if you would have asked me that a couple months ago, I don't think I would have given that same answer. I'm sure we were all feeling kind of at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, like, where do we go from here? What is going to happen? So we have done a lot of work of pivoting this business to be more online, to have more kits. And I don't think we're going to be out of the woods with COVID anytime soon. So I'm glad that we were able to make that shift. And as we go into the holidays, now we can really ramp up having the kits available because we, have, we do have a lot of guests who would love to come in and they just can't right now. So being able to ship or deliver kits so that people can continue to get creative at home, that's kind of where we're heading. So you're just, you're going to optimize your online presence and really serve the people, even if it means pickup or delivery or shipping. Yes. And that's fantastic. Any plans on doing anything more with the retail space now that you find that it's more of a 50-50 between workshops and the store? Well, like you said, I have to do more Facebook live sales. I know I need to get out there and I'm, <laughs> I am fine doing that. I'm comfortable doing that. Um, I think it's right now just kind of pivoting more of those special sales and deals that we usually do. Like we always have a dollar decal day and that's very popular here in our workshop. Just kind of pivoting that to be more online, online so that we can be inclusive of everyone. Um, and then really kind of ramping up our online boutique. Right now we have two separate websites, so I'm working on merging those into one and we'll see how that goes. I'm a little nervous about it. I don't want my website to be too big. Right, but it does make, it does make sense just to point everyone to one direction instead of sending them to two and confusing them. Well, I really, really appreciate you being here. Oh, one other question. So do you feel more confident going into the second half of 2020 financially? Like, do you know in terms of the finances where you need to make corrections, where you can make improvements that you'll financially be safe and moving forward, you'll make better decisions? Like, where do you stand with that? Well, I think it was really eye-opening for me. I had to take a hard look at the amount of things I was buying for the store things that you know we purchased hoping we would get to a class and it really never happened. So I'm working more on doing pre-orders so we really know before we buy things 
that it's going to be popular and that we aren't wasting money. Um, and we were really fortunate to get some of the support from the small business association um, as far as loans and grants go. So I am feeling optimistic about going into the second half of the year. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like we're going to be in it for the long haul. And I will close my purse from now on when I go into those craft stores <laughs> and just let things happen. I love like the validating before you buy. That's so smart. And if you, if, even if that's one thing that you learned, it's really smart in terms of your budget so that you aren't overbuying. That's a great tip. I also just want to leave it at that you feel optimistic. And of course my timer just went off. <laughs> That was perfect. So I, the last thing that I want is where can people find you? So of course we'll link it, but I know sometimes not everyone will go to the show notes and I just want them to hear it because somebody, someone's going to grab, someone might have a workshop store and they're going to grab their phone and they just want to follow you on Instagram. So tell us where can people find you on Facebook? Where can people find you on Instagram? And what is your one website that you want to point people to? Sure. So our main website is turquoisetophat.com. That's where we sell all of our kits and our paint and supplies. And then on Instagram and Facebook, we are at the turquoise top hat. We do have a VIP group on Facebook as well, where we're always running coupons and sales and pre-orders. So if you really want to be in the know, that's the way to go. So Facebook at the turquoise top hat. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate you doing this. Um, Thanks for having and we'll be doing more in the future for anyone listening. We'll have a couple more interviews coming up over the next few weeks. All right, Taylor. Thanks. Thank you.